0: And welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shapphorst. With me is Vinny Darrow. And uh, for this episode, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, now that the draft's done, how the Cowboys, how we thought the other teams in the NFC East did in the draft, how we think uh, the Cowboys match up with them now that the rosters are, you know, pretty close to, to finalized. Um, also, there were some, uh, just thinking, there, there were a couple comments made. Uh, Will McClay had some some comments. There was also some, a little bit of a re- reveal in the Cowboys draft board. And um, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But uh, as always, we'll start off with a trivia question. And uh, this week it's Vinny asking the question. Uh, so go uh, go right ahead, Vinny. All
1: right. All um. right see good hint for this one Uh, all right he was oh boy okay he backup quarterback from for the Dallas Cowboys played for was part of the time during uh, Bill Parcells reign
0: Um. Parcells' reigns, 2003 to 2006. Uh, Chad Hutchinson was gone by the time.
1: I think he was part under Parcells.
0: Okay. Um. Was around that time. Okay. Let's say Chad Hutchinson.
1: No. First guess. Former Detroit Lion.
0: Uh, John Kitna? Yep. Okay. John Kitna. I knew
1: that would give it away.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's a, he had a decent career, well, he had a long career with a couple good seasons. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's in that, that tier of like Vinny Testaverde and Eli Manning if he hadn't won Super Bowls, <laughs> where just played a lot and racked up stats and, mm-hmm. you know. Had a few good years but for the most part was just kind of mediocre um so yeah i wanted to talk about the the nfc east how they we stack up how the other teams drafted but i was just thinking there were a few comments from will mcclay that i wanted to touch on before getting into that first um because i thought it was interesting and i remember a few years ago when when we drafted Tristan Hill, a, as you know, I was very up against that pick when it happened, and I heard an interview from Will McClay where he, he kind of explained the pick and a—I I don't exactly remember what he said. It, it was something, you know, he, he's an athletic guy probably. I, I think he, he probably mentioned that he— was not particularly concerned with their, with the off field stuff with him, the fact that he was benched. They, they did their research and I still wasn't thrilled about the pick after that, but I was less upset. Definitely after that explanation and uh, Uh, this time, you know, they, there, there was an interview or, or a line from Will McClay about why we drafted Tyler Smith over Tyler Linderbaum. And, uh, and it, it was kind of similar in the tone of that, where it, you know, he, he's saying Tyler Linderbaum's a good player, but he basically was saying we wanted a guy who could stand up. The way I interpret it, at least, is we want a guy who can stand up to Jordan Davis. He, he mentioned, you know, there's guys out in the NFL now who are really. Really big and really strong, and without saying it directly, he's like, "This is a you know, sh- small guy, short arms, yada yada." The, the whole gambit of why he wasn't drafted as high as as he should have been, as as high as his skill level showed. Um, so, I thought that was interesting, but it it kind of if that is the the true reason for it, like. I feel like that's that's just a bad right, well, process because you're you're kind of over okay. you're overvaluing the impact of one player who may not even be, uh, you know that that great who hasn't really established himself as a pass rusher and, and kind of getting into discussion about the draft. But um, I thought that was that was interesting and and then combined with the fact that we we kind of got a, a a view of the cowboys draft board um, jerry jones was uh he he kind of flashed their their draft board at one point and some uh someone on the internet kind of uh decoded it somehow and it showed that they they legitimately had tyler smith ahead of Tyler Linderbaum. They also had him ahead of the other two guards that I think most people, including myself, Yeah, well, but that was
1: their board. I mean, you know, first first of all, we don't know if that board was real. I wouldn't put it past them to have just made that up in order to legitimize their pick. They they drafted based on need. They didn't take value into consideration at all. And they made a bad pick overall. That's the main thing is it's just just a bad pick. He's a wrong player. He's not going to be a success with the team. Yeah. And at guard or tackle especially a tackle, yeah. and uh, they're dreaming if they think he can be, you know, I really don't think he might be successful, but I don't think he's going to be successful. He's not who I would have taken. That, that was that was real, just an attention grabber and a way to try to justify things, you know, and prove to, uh, I mean, w- what were people saying that may cause him to hold that board up anyway? You know, what were, were people saying w- w- that, they, you know, that they didn't have him anywhere on their board, you know, or that they didn't have him as a first-round pick? I mean it it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me and it, it begs the question too is you know that doesn't mean the board was any good just because he held it up proudly right,
0: <laughs> right. um yeah and and my my guess it, it is possible that he made it up but i, I would think if they were going to make it up they would put him higher than they even put him here and and they wow. would have probably had him as the number 1 player based on the board he held up nobody would Lewis that louis keen well but, I mean, they—they they, the guy that was ahead of him was Lewis Seen, who's kind I of know, like an obscure, yeah. random safety. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, I, and apparently this is, and I guess I've, I've missed this, but apparently this is like a reoccurring theme where Jerry, you know, reveals yes. their board one way or the other. Yes. Um, which doesn't surprise me
1: at all. Um, it doesn't matter. People are making a big deal of it. It doesn't matter yeah. if the draft is over. If it was the day before the draft, I'd say that's a problem.
0: Right. Well, I think it was in the middle of the draft. Like it was at the end of the. It well, was after the first round? I
1: think. It Didn't matter because the first round was over, so it didn't matter what we knew about the first round.
0: Yeah, but but it showed players that were, on available in the second, I think too. But still, I mean, I agree it doesn't. Yeah, I I don't think it was it was significantly impactful. But, um, but yeah, I, I thought Will McClay's comments were. Interesting, and uh, you know, this time it, it reminded me a little of the the comments back when we picked Zeke over Jalen Ramsey, where we said, so, you know, someone was reportedly saying, "Well, you know, if it if a cornerback uh, is really good, teams can just not throw the ball at him, whereas running back, there's no way to take him away." And yeah, I is. think this is similarly hey, a contract, illogical.
1: That'll yeah. take him away.
0: Well, yeah, in this case. but
1: That was a stupid thing for him to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was very – yeah, because – He
1: never heard of an eight-man box
0: right? nine-man yeah. box. Yeah. I, 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 think, I know, I I know think he has no
1: conception of big run-stuffing defensive tackles, so yeah. that I can understand why he didn't mention that because he's got no conception of that.
0: Well, the way they said it – the way they – made it seem it sounded like jordan smith was like the boogeyman hanging over our heads and, and we couldn't have this short-armed center because you know all these jordan davises in the league which i i you know from a build standpoint he's kind of an, an anomaly you know there are other huge large guys out there but not quite like jordan jordan davis and and there's no There's no guarantee he's going to be good. Just because he's big and has long arms and can move doesn't mean he's going to be an impactful player, especially as a pass rusher.
1: You know, what it boils down to with Jordan Davis is is his motivation. I mean, you know, if he's got a high motor and he's a high character guy, I think he's going to be successful in this league. But if not, I think he's going to be mediocre or or even a bust because, um, you know, those guys, a lot of that just depends on how much they want to play you yeah. know when they're carrying around you know when they're that like that and um you know they really got to get extra motivated to play i mean it's everything in life needs requires extra motivation in that case yeah, um sure. you know that's a that that's a uh, that's that's quite a you know thing for him to carry yeah. so but uh, I liked him a lot as a player. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll be a bum. I think he'll be a success, like uh, Don Terry Poe was at first, and Haloti Naga and Vince Wolfork.
0: Yeah, I, I see Vince Wolfork as a pretty good comp because I don't see him ever being a dominant pass rusher. And I think the biggest question is whether he can be a like a six hundred plus snap guy because he's only yeah. played like three hundred snaps in a season. But no, I mean when when he. I mean, this a good segue into the the other NFC East teams' drafts. When they picked Jordan Davis, I was pretty pleased with that because Kyle Hamilton was on the board. I thought he was a much better value at 13 than Jordan Davis. That said, I, I do think Jordan Davis has a because fa- because I think everything I've heard of him, he's pretty high character guy. I think when he is on the field, he's gonna you know he's gonna work hard. Um, and I think he'll be a plus run defender in, in any scenario. So, and, and I think for the Eagles specifically, with what they try to run on defense, which is a lot of four-man fronts, not a lot of blitzing, and being able to try and stop the run with that four-man front, I think he will give them a- an advantage, and, and he is a, I think that's one of the better fits for him. Okay. Um, beyond that, I thought the eagle. So so that pick I'd probably give like a B, but the the next kind of pick but really trade for AJ Brown, that one uh I mean I was not happy about it because AJ Brown is a very good receiver. Um and I think that right there it it shows that they're really going all in on J- Jalen hurts uh, yeah. for this next season. Like, let's see if let's give yeah. this guy every opportunity to succeed. And if he doesn't, then we know we got to draft a quarterback and next year's supposedly a much better class. Right. So, uh, but, but I mean, that that's a intimidating receiving duo of him and, right. and Devonte Smith. Cause Devonte Smith, I mean, we saw it in that first game. He's not a true X number one receiver. Trayvon Diggs kind of bodied him. And, right. and it's because, you know, he's 160 pounds. But as a Z, a guy you can play off the line and let A.J. Brown be the X who is physical and, and can do the things that the prototypical number one receiver is asked to do, I think that makes Devontae Smith a lot more dangerous. And, right. and he was pretty productive for a rookie last year. But I think right. those two now, uh, I'm not... <laughs> Not looking forward to to playing them, um, and then I think the the rest of their draft was pretty good. They got Cam Jurgens, who's probably going to be a, a eventual replacement for for Jason Kelsey, and then really the one of the biggest steals of the draft I, I felt was they got N'Kobe Dean at eighty three, um, which to me he was a top he was a first round player, and and there was some injury concern, which you know. I don't know the extent of that. If he, if he misses the full yeah. rookie season, then you know that's one thing. But if he's just banged up and he's going to play yeah. his rookie year, I think that's a that's his one of the home runs. Yeah, his his size and the fact that he didn't test, the fact that yeah. he didn't he didn't uh, you know run a forty or, or test at all, right. um, s- suggesting that he probably wouldn't have tested very well. But he's a guy that is, you know. It doesn't matter, I don't think. It, the lack of size, the, the lack of athleticism, he's just a really good football player. And and supposedly he's a guy that is really smart. He'll pick up a playbook in, like, days. Um, so I, I think he's going to be immediately upgrading their, their linebacking group. So, yeah, I, I think this season, as far as the Eagles, who I definitely – View as our biggest competition for the division. I think it, it does ultimately come down to Jalen Hurts, and you know if he can take a step forward with the the support he has, which I think you could make a good argument is better than the support Dak has now. Um, they're going to be they're going to be tough, but if he my my hope is that he does he does just well enough. To make them not want to draft a quarterback, but he's still not, you know, this elite, you know, great quarterback, which I think is very possible. He, he strikes me as a, you know, a good solid quarterback like a Tyrod Taylor, but never going to be, you know, Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes, no matter how, how talented a team he has, but But we'll see. I think he's in a very similar spot to Tua Tagalovia with Miami, um, now that he's got Tyreek Hill and, um, you know, just an abundance of of weapons.
1: Who else we got on Washington?
0: Uh, Yeah, so Washington. So, overall, I I thought the Eagles had a very good draft, probably the best in the division, Um, one of the best in the league, I would say. But, Washington's the did
1: pretty
0: well the Giants I thought theirs was top heavy they they got two two players that you could make an argument were could have been number one picks Kayvon Thibodeau, um, there was some noise about him and, and but really I, I think he's just a super talented pass rusher and oh. yeah he, he could have been he could have been the number one pick and then Evan Neal. You can make a good argument. He was the best complete tackle in this in this draft class, um, so he should help their offensive line. And, and Thibodeau, I mean, their defense is kind of kind of a mess. Or, or it was last year. The year prior was pretty good. So who knows how they'll do next year? It. it I think. I feel like with both the Giants and Washington. They're, like, you don't know what you're gonna get because two years ago both defenses were very formidable, and last year, with definitely with Washington, it seemed like they had even more talent, and they clearly right. did worse. Right. So, the Giants, you know, I, I could see them putting together a decent defense, you know, just by adding Thibodeau and you know players playing up to their abilities. But I I still ultimately see the Giants as the worst team in the division. I I think Uh they'll be – I I don't know if they'll end up being better. I I just – I think their O-line is probably going to be better, but still they have a lot of holes. I think their receivers are, you know, just – Hohum. Uh, they they drafted this guy in the second round who's basically a gadget player wandel robinson and they could have had sky Moore, and they passed on him i think they're going to regret that and yeah I, I just don't see the giants being a contender in any way <laughs> um washington i think is the biggest wild card um you know and, and a lot of it like with Philadelphia, it revolves around Carson Wentz. It, it, can he get back to where he was in Philadelphia? Not even like his MVP season, but even like, you know, he had a couple just good seasons in Philadelphia and, and the last two he's been bad. <laughs> um, so if he can just get back to being good, I think there's, there's a chance they could be competitive. Um, I wasn't, I thought they probably had the. Uh, I, yeah, I would say they they definitely had the weakest draft of the division. Um, the the one pick I thought was a great value, and, and the only reason I wouldn't give them like a flat F is uh, they got Sam Howell in the fifth round, a quarterback who I think could have gone the first round, end of the first, early second. So I thought that was a great value, but. Other than that, I thought they reached on to Jahan Dotson at 16, who, who I honestly, I, I think Tolbert might be better than him, who we got at 88. Um, I thought Dotson was very similar to Sky Moore, and Sky Moore was probably better. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think he'll be bad, but I definitely don't think he was worth a mid-first-round pick. I think they, they definitely reached for need with that one after a bunch of receivers got taken. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I, I kind of forget who else they took, but from what I remember, it wasn't anyone. I, what I about like, the Skins? I mean, that's who we're talking about, <laughs> the Commanders. They're, uh, I mean, they got, yeah, D- Jahan Dotson. Let me see. No, that's not it. Um. I think they picked a they picked a, ta- a defensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fidarian F- 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 Mathis, uh-huh. um, who I yeah I, I think they took him too too high. There there was there really wasn't any defensive tackles that I thought were worth a, a high pick in this draft outside of the two guys from Georgia, um, and they took him I want to say in the second yeah. The Landry Mathis was a second-round pick. Um, then they took a running back in the third round who probably could have gone fourth or fifth. I don't, I don't even know Percy Butler, the safety they took. So, yeah, really, it was... Actually, from, like, round five and on, they were decent. Sam Howell, I thought was, like I said, that was a great pick. Cole Turner, I, I looked into him a bit because I thought he could be a cowboy target. Um, and he was a, a good receiving tight end in college. Reminds me a little of Blake Jarwin, which in the fifth round is, is a decent pick. And then Chris Paul, uh, guard, I actually I thought that was a good value in the seventh. But, yeah, I mean, this, this season for, for Washington, it's basically they got Carson Wentz. They got a new receiver who they, I think, overdrafted and they're rolling back the same team. That's pretty much much the extent of it, and it's a question of can Carson Wentz... I think it's two questions that could widely skew the range of outcomes for Washington. Is Carson Wentz, you know, at even good, or is he just a bottom-of-the-barrel quarterback now? And can their defense get back to being... you know competent they they don't even need to be top of the nfl like they were in 2020 they just need to be not dog shit like they were last year so most likely i'm I'm thinking it'll be on both ends somewhere in the middle probably uh carson wentz is you know below average to average for most of the season and the defense is probably better than last year but not as good as the year before and okay. i think washington ends up third in the division all
1: right and who else West. we got um
0: that's that's it um
1: that's it okay yeah well we got a short show there was a short so, show tonight
0: yeah yeah so i think philadelphia is our biggest biggest competitor i agree and um, i agree yeah okay Gonna probably come down to the quarterbacks there but yeah. um but yeah okay. well uh we'll do it for this week but uh thanks all for tuning in and we'll be back next week with uh, another episode of cowboys chat with Shap. until then